Good day. Welcome to Shepherd the Sheep. Pastors Jason Vaughn and Gina Guillermo in the studio, ready to talk today about marriage and family. There it is, the intro by Anthony. Yeah, yeah. that uh, helps me kind of just gather my thoughts a little bit. Yeah, and I have like two thoughts. Yeah, that's all I've gathered. Well, it's <laughs> right. Today is our um, by confession as we start this. Uh, normally, we outline the topic a little bit more than what we did today. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. Um, I wonder. If anybody listens to that intro and has made up lyrics in their head. Hmm. Probably. Probably. Yeah. If, if you have, let us know. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> let, I, would, I would love to hear your lyrics. Uh, I don't yeah. know. So, yeah. some, of, some of the people I know, their taste of music is just a little too weird. <laughs> yeah, I know. I won't, I won't mention. <laughs> no, we got some country music fans in the church. I already know that oh, yeah. they're listening to that, thinking yeah. about how their dog died and their truck disappeared. So yeah, there's country music and then there's country music. Wow, and I like the yeah, I like the one kind that's uh, before a certain period. Well, the new stuff doesn't even sound country anymore. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. Well, I'm a fan of classic country. If there's such a thing, yeah. Yep, there is. All right. Willie Whalen, David Allen Coe, George Strait. Yeah. 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 I'm there. Those, those guys, they were, they were the guys. <clears throat> so, uh, as I said in the intro, today we're going to talk about marriage and family. And uh, we are looking at the list, and we've actually not dedicated a podcast to this. Mm. It's kind of weird. Yeah, I so, swear. Well, I think we just mentioned it. We apply all the, the different things we've talked about to marriage so much. Yes. That's probably why. Yeah. I feel like we've talked about it. Yeah. But not like this. Yeah. But I liked, I liked how you, you, you kind of framed this in our conversation before we started, which is like, uh, you know, if you were to write a marriage book, what would you put in it? Oh, yeah. That's kind of our topic today. Yeah. If you're going to write a marriage book, what would you include? Yeah. And um, um, yeah. so far, I think we got like half a chapter. No. <laughs> well, that depends. Yeah, it really depends on how we roll with that. Yeah. Um, and really to set it up, too, because uh, I do believe there are some things that um, we're going to talk about today that are probably controversial if you only listen to half of what we say. Hmm. Okay. At least I know the things I want to say will be controversial if you don't realize that I'm trying to balance, bring some balance to the force. Right. Okay. Right. So yeah, because uh, you know what what we got what has got me thinking about this is um, one. I mean, we have been um, you know been here eight years and. Uh, I've done quite a bit of marriage counseling, 
and have talked to a lot of people about their marriage. Uh, obviously, uh, Kyle and I have been married since May 2005. Ooh. Yep. How and many years you, is that? Uh, oh. <laughs> since May 28, 2005. <laughs> okay. That was yeah. our anniversary. All right. So 30. No, I don't know. I remember the date and yeah. then I make people do yeah. the math. Yeah. yeah. So Smart. Yeah, if you're li- depending on when you're listening to this, depends on how long I've been married. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, yep. May twenty eighth, two thousand and five. Yeah, yep. Kyla sense. said I do. I said I do, and she's regretted it more than I have. So. <laughs> yeah. So yep. between the both of us, we have like over twenty years experience. Wow, this is phenomenal. Yeah. Yes, excellent. Well, um, yeah. So uh, I think it's interesting, right? Because the more you kind of like are married and the more you like engage other people's and have to get into other people's marriages and uh, you start to like, to me, I've started to realize that there's something I think missing in the marriage books. Hmm. So it has actually got me thinking about, man, I think if I could write a marriage book, I would slightly write it different than what I've read. Right. So, um, I'm sure you've read a lot of the same curriculum I have, mm-hmm. but I, I think I've read like 10 books on marriage. Oh, wow. Easily. Mm. Um, if not read them cover to cover, perused major sections of them, mm-hmm. you know, cause in the bookstore used to sell a lot of marriage books and you kind of go through it and you kind of look at it and see what's the difference. And at some level I got to a point to where it's like, man, all of these are really the same book. Mm-hmm. It was just pick your pick your author, right? Did you want to hear Sproul talk about marriage, or did you want to hear, I don't know, um, Stuart Scott talk about your marriage, mm-hmm. or did you want to hear this Christian counselor talk about your marriage? It was like, oh no, let me hear John Piper talk about your marriage, or mm-hmm. Wayne Grudem. And um, one of my struggles, and this is this is my caveat. What I'm going to say is my struggle. Isn't that I disagree. Mm-hmm. Okay. Totally agree with, with what these books talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, my issue is that I think they talk about them so much that you almost forget about the fact that you're entering a marriage relationship. Right. Yeah. So, um, and that's the part I want to talk about. And if I were going to write a book, I think I would talk about, look, you're marrying a human being and you're going to have a relationship with that human being mm-hmm. that's going to involve sin, grace, sex, money, communication, children. May- maybe children, church, church. Yeah. Right. And it's going to be messy at times. It's going to be fun at times. And it's going to be hard work. All the time. Mm-hmm. Because and you're marrying a growing, changing human being. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So, like, you're expecting the mess. Yes. Um, but uh, as the title of a book we're reading. Oh, yeah. Uh, I know. I relationships. It. A mess worth making. A mess worth making. Yeah, I think that's a great way to frame uh, a marriage yeah. uh, and in a relationship. Because I think as a Christian, you think that especially in some in our circles, like you hold, we, we tend to hold up a standard and think everyone actually lives to that standard, but actually no one does. Right. It's, it's, um, it's a goal and it, it glorifies the Lord. And 
I think we're all the we're all striving for that standard. Yes, I because agree. right? How do you how do you love like you love your wife like Christ loves the church? Right. I mean, uh, we're not going to be Christ, but we right. know what it looks like. Right. And we see how he loves, and right. there's much we can learn and change in in the way we love people, especially right. our spouse. Agreed. You know, and yeah, um, I did not. Yeah. So let's pause that real quick. Yep. Um, because I didn't give my caveat here. Yep. Um, my problem with the marriage books mm-hmm. is this. You open all 10, 15 of them that are super popular, and the first thing they really start talking about is the roles. Yep. And it, what's interesting is even, like, we, we definitely uh, affirm a complementarian view of marriage. Um, but what's interesting, even the egalitarians will kind of talk about the roles a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they define them differently. Um, and that that's not a discussion I really feel like this podcast is going to be in because, um, to my knowledge, nobody in the church is rolling around in that with that mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but it, the roles are not bad. The roles are good. Like, it is wise to try to understand your role in the marriage and your spouse's role in the marriage and to flush those out and to be faithful to God by living by those roles. Mm-hmm. Like, that. that's wise. However... Um, in terms of order salutis of what I would want to put primary in your thinking, I think before you run to, honey, this is your role, this is my role, stay in your lane, Mm. I kind of want to run to the like, hey, look, there are other parts of your relationship that need attention Mm -hmm. and that you need to realize. And in doing so, you need to pursue that. Right. Yeah. So... Not, you know, because you see those sometimes young guys, they get married and they're like, oh, this is your role. And they, they're spending, they go from dating where it's fun and entertaining and hanging out and like, you know, oh, we saw a movie tonight and had this wonderful dinner too. Okay, but this is your role. This is my role. And, you know, almost like, you know, sometimes some people are very like gung-ho about getting that instantly established, which again, there, there's a level where that might be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the problem is it's not, universal for everybody and so rather than i think what what i'm trying to say is if i could write a marriage book i would spend more time in the beginning talking about the things that you need to embrace in a relationship fair yeah okay yeah yeah and then i mean not that again i'm not discounting the roles. somebody's going to be like oh man i don't know if these guys really believe the roles or not <laughs> well they're helpful. They are. They're, they're, I mean, would you say that they're, they're more of a framework? I think so. I think that's also a wisdom issue because mm-hmm. how, do you, how do you tell a single mom, you know, a single mom has to be the spiritual leader in her house, not ideal. Um, and at the same token, you know, um, there are many men who are called to be the spiritual leader in the house but are less mature spiritually than their wife. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's a goal to work towards. Um, but your family's not in sin. You know, if, if, if you've been married to your spouse for 20 years and been a believer for 15 and your spouse just got saved two years ago, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. ideally, you know, you would tell that woman, like, well, yeah, he, he should be the spiritual leader of the house, but it might take some time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, I think it's kind of a wisdom thing. Interesting about Ephesians is um, where it talks about marriage, it's, it's under the banner of walk in wisdom. It is. Yeah. So... Uh, again, not 
not trying to discount that that husband, not saying that, you know, it's a wisdom issue and that you can choose not to love your wife like Christ loved the church. But in terms of the roles, I do think there is a level where it's a wisdom issue um, and that it's the wisest way to pursue. But having said that, I think what I'm trying to do is bring balance is rather than running in and instantly trying to establish these, these roles for husband and wife, like run in and say, listen, I'm marrying a human being and that is a relationship and it's not going to be easy all the time. Mm. So you're saying, would you say that what we are trying to pursue as, as a, in your relationship with your, your spouse is not, is not first, what does your role say? What does my role say? Yes, I think so. Okay. Yeah. You're, you're pursuing something, something broader, something bigger. I think so. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. Yeah, because, right, I mean, and you married this human being for a reason. Right. Why did you marry that human being? Mm-hmm. You know. So you're, you're basically starting, right, we marry, like, human first. They're a human being first. How do yes. you treat a human being? Yes. They're your spouse next. Yes. How do you treat your spouse? Yes. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's why even this conversation can roll into your children. Yeah. Because, you know, you, you have children and again, people run to the parenting books and they pick up like, well, how do I parent? And, you know, then you got your kids on this like minute by minute schedule throughout the day, you know, or you're like, well, it's 8.58 and like they go to bed, they have to take their nap at 9 a.m. But we're sitting on the couch laughing and this is really enjoyable. And you're like, but the schedule says, right. You know, and it's like as an older parent, <laughs> especially after like kid two or three, you're like. I mean, the schedule's helpful, but you know what I mean? At some point, you're like, no, nah, I just want to stay up and have fun with the kid for a little bit, you know, before I put him to bed. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We used to be big on like eight o'clock bedtime, but now it's like, I don't know. We're all having fun together. I don't care if they stay up late. We're hanging out as a family. This is great. Yep. Yep. When they're, when they're like one or two, that's, that could be helpful. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But the older they get, it's like, you know, it's, you're, you're, it's a mutual relationship and you're trying to foster something yeah. different. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think too, at some point um, we've talked a lot about this, you learn the rules and then you learn the principle behind the rules and then you realize where you can break the rules. Right. And so even with like parenting, you know, now one, we were pro schedule early on in our kids. When our kids were young, we were very big about trying to get a, ske- a schedule established. But at some point too, you got to go like, man, we got to be flexible. Cause, yep. Yeah. Cause life's not always simple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love what yeah. uh, Pastor Alan Cagle said, by the way, and I think it's important for this topic. Um, the text, uh, and the text being the Bible, is pretty clear about relationships, uh, but people are messy, which makes applying the text messy sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, we, we had some people ask about divorce and remarriage and to talk about it in a podcast, and my mind just goes nuts because, um, unfortunately, every divorce or potential divorce we've looked at, none of them have been like black and white. They've all, they are all so sticky and messy Yep, that Uh, you're like, the text is clear, but humans really do make this complicated. Yes. Yep. I mean, in God's wisdom, right? He, he actually makes those commands general enough. Yes. So that you could apply it to every situation. Yes. It's pretty brilliant, right? Yes. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like love one another. If that were very specific, we would we would tell our we would tell people, oh, well, you, the text doesn't, but it's so broad that you're like, what does that look like? And it's yeah. kind of a wisdom issue. Yeah, 
So I almost think like we're going to talk about it, but I almost think I'm at a point now where before you get married, I would hand you this book by Elaine and Tripp on relationships of mess worth making. I think that's really good. That's I think I would idea. almost hand this to before. a married couple before I would yeah. hand the roles to it. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. Because you really like, right? I mean, look, my wife and I have been married, I don't know how long, since May 28, 2005. See, that's the key, Gina. You just remember the date and make other people do the math. Yep. Yeah. I learned from you. Don't worry. Yeah. Well, it's beautiful, right? Because then you don't have to like, because, you know, you don't have to think about that. I think yeah. I learned that from somebody else too. It's, but yeah. anyways, brilliant. But, yeah. um, but right. I mean, like the thing is you get older, my wife and I are pretty established in kind of our lanes and our roles. But the, the thing that I realize is that what changes every year is our relationship because we're, we're growing, changing people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you have to be committed to this human being because God has made this person your spouse. Right. Yeah. So I think, right, if I were writing a book on that, I think maybe, what would your first chapter be? Gee. Mm. Just threw it on me like that, huh? Well, I know one of my chapters would be like, um, kind of in line of what you're, what you're saying. You know, there's a temptation to, Kind of like how the temptation to find a church that kind of has the programs to suit uh, your needs or whatever versus like, no, just find a faithful church committed to the things that you need to be committed to and learn how to fit into that church, right? So yeah. like, like oh, wait, that kind of works with relationships too. Like we, when people get a marriage book, they're kind of trying to look for a, a, an easy fix solution to their marriage. Right. And you're not going to find it because really relationships require a wisdom, work, and what's another W that we can <laughs> bring in? Yeah. Uh, uh, worship, worship, work. There, oh, so good. See, yeah, worship yeah. always fits in somewhere. It does. There. It really does. <laughs> yeah. Worship, wisdom, and work, right? Ooh, yeah. Um, it really does because uh, you can't just find a book and just overlay it in your relationship and think it's going to solve everything. It won't. No, that's a good point. So your your first chapter might be, you want to have a good marriage, you need to have a good church. Hey, I like it. Ooh, I like it. Right, but that makes sense because, you know, on the one hand, I read scripture and do not look out for your own personal interests, but the interests of others. And I can sit there and I can pray and I, and, and God can answer that prayer and, you know, like he can help me kind of better understand the text. But sometimes in talking to, to somebody who's been married for a while, um, or somebody who, you know, understands God's wisdom with marriage, that, that person now helps us actually, like, understand what it means to prefer your spouse. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so, and it's even helpful when, like, that person knows your spouse and can say, well, hey, what I know about your, your wife is this, mm-hmm. and so you need to think about it this way. Yes. And it's like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. Like, I think all the elders, I don't want to, like, say, I don't want to speak, I don't want to, share things without permission, but in a way, because we're all friends and friends with our spouses, we've all been able to help each other out navigating our spouses because we understand each other's spouse well enough to say, hey, well, your spouse is like this. You got to think like, Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. I I think, um, right, so, uh, you know, there's a temptation to implement programs versus just learning the person, learning the human being, right? You you learn, learn them, Right, and you can also learn from them, but you're you're really 
you're really understanding, you know, them, what motivates them? Like, yes. how do they prioritize? And I'm not saying just prioritize, like, work, but, like, prioritize ideas, concepts even. Yes. Because yeah. that makes such, that, that, like, that's a worldview clash. Yes. Uh, that can happen in any relationship. Yes. You prioritize that over that? I mean, I would never do that, right? Right. And it's not sinful. Right. It's just in their mind, it's more important. Something, something might be more important. Right. Yeah, I mean, what, I think what always draws that out is Christmas. Yeah. Because you hit Christmas, and that's when you really uncover, oh, we, we grew up in two different homes, and our expectations for Christmas are vastly different. Yep. And now you have this Christmas fight because, <laughs> you know, like, well, but this is the way we always did it. And you're like, well, this is the way we always did it. Right. And then you kind of have to go, hey, let's, you know, then you're like, well, let's, let's make our own tradition. Yeah. And then, but again, spouse B may not want to make their own tradition. They may want to carry those family yeah. traditions on. and The impossible tradition. Right. And at that point, create. what do you do? <laughs> right. Uh, I, I apologize for laughing. I just think it's, I think everyone has that Christmas fight at some point in their marriage. <laughs> You're probably right. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> I don't remember. That's the nice part. Kyla, <laughs> Kyla married a guy that can't, sorry, that's my chair. Um, we square, we moved the chair back once and somebody came to me and said, Hey, uh, do one of you guys have tacos or bean burritos? <laughs> and I was like, no, nah, that was the chair. Yeah, yeah. sure. That's what happens. Yeah, but yeah. anyway, that's, uh, that's the beauty of, uh, we need rolly chairs for our studio. We need a studio. There you go. Ooh, uh-oh. Um, yeah, right, so the Christmas fight's normal, um, you know, and ultimately it's, you know, if you want to carry family, it, I don't actually care what It's an expectation doing. fight. Yes, yeah, it is an expectation it, fight, yes. Yeah, it's a battle for expectations and who should bow to whose expectation, right? Yes. So. Well, and obviously we, we've talked a lot about that, um, but I think... I think your point's really valid, though, in that uh, marriage is a is a two becoming one flesh, and so there there is a special union that happens there, that is that is beautiful, um, but we're not united like the Trinity. Like right. we don't, you know, the Son sees what the Father does and does what the Father does, mm. you know, uh, but we we're not like that. Like and so, right. it takes work to actually like become united in your approach as a, as a couple. Mm-hmm. And I think one of my first chapters might be, or maybe chapter two, if I were building off your book, would be you're marrying a human being. Mm. And so realize you're marrying a person yep. who Absolutely. is not glorified. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so just to get theological right, we understand that when we're glorified, that means we are resurrected in heaven with Jesus Christ in our glorified body, and that in our glorified body, we no longer struggle with sin. Uh, Christ has perfected us completely, and we're in a resurrected body, face-to-face with Christ, to be with him for eternity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the thing about that is that's not your spouse right now. Correct. Yeah. And But it's interesting, right? Because we kind of sometimes, like, um, I think theologically people know that I think realistically people don't know that Mm. because realistically people get upset with their spouse for making mistakes for not doing things the way they want them done for not living up to expectations. And we can have, that would be its own chapter. So we can Mm. talk about that in a minute, but, but you, you know, it's like you wake up and you're in a great mood for whatever reason 
and you know your coffee tastes better than it's ever tasted at all. It's like the best cup of coffee. So good, you make a second cup because you're like, man, this is the best coffee I've ever I've made in like months. Mm. And you know, there's like, you know, some mornings you wake up and it's like you feel like they rolled the red carpet out. You mm-hmm. go to work and like traffic was light and you hit every green light and you got the best parking spot and you walk in and everybody's chippery and you're like, well, this is oh, the greatest day. It's the day that God loved you. I know exactly. <laughs> um, and your spouse rolled out of bed on the other side Ooh, and is not okay. having a good day. Oh no. And then, right, like, what happens? You get upset because uh, maybe the, maybe they're a little nitpicky of you right. in something you did. Well, how, how dare they ruin right. a perfect day? I mean, yeah, seriously. I just, just having a perfect day until you decided to not be on the same page of my perfect day. Right, right. And like, the reality is because your spouse is going to have a bad day right. sometimes. Yeah. Yep. Maybe chapter three then is, so if chapter two is you married a human being, Chapter three is human beings are messy. <laughs> yes. Well, and I think, right, so, and, but, but in remembering you, mar- you married a human being, I think it's important to realize, like, what does God say about people? One, he says they're valuable. Uh, Genesis 1. So it talks, Genesis talks about marriage, right? The two become one flesh. But tie into that the other thing that he says about making human beings, and that is that we are made in the image of God. Mm. God made, it a, made us like him. And so because we're made in his image, we are valuable. Psalm 8 says that we are the pinnacle of creation, that we are not animals. We're not a part of the animal kingdom where the lion's the the king of the jungle, right, or the king of the animal kingdom. We are human beings. We actually were made in God's image to rule over the earth in a way that honors Christ. And if that's true, then that means you have to tell yourself, though my spouse is imperfect, my spouse is a treasure from God and very valuable because he or she is made in God's image. Amen. And if you start to view your spouse as made in God's image it's a, and valuable, it's amazing how that changes your disposition towards your spouse. Absolutely. And so yeah. to belittle your spouse is to belittle God's creation. Right. And it's actually, in a way, belittling God. Mm-hmm. Like, how the right God, how dare you not make my spouse perfect. So yeah, so on their worst day, you can look them in the face and tell them they are treasured and valuable. Yes, absolutely. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And right, so and it may, would be true. It would be true. And yes. you wouldn't have to, you know. Yeah, you're not lying. Yeah, you're not lying. <laughs> yeah. And it's like right even if your spouse right, so now no matter what happens to your spouse, your spouse is a treasure to you. Right. And so, you know, if if you are marrying and th- this is where the problems come out, right? Is that people marry people for all sorts of reasons, with all sorts of expectations. But what you have to realize is, even if you got married for the wrong reasons, mm-hmm. you now have to come to terms with: Listen, I made this decision. This is who God gave me, and this is a treasured person who's made in His image, and I'm going to treasure this person like it. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Because right, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yep. It, you can't sit there and be like, well, because I, yeah. I use faulty logic. Because you know how people are. People will justify their, you know, well, because I did, like, two wrongs make a right, you know. So, right, well, there's a reason why there's a proverb in well, America. I'm sure there's a there's a circumstance where it doesn't, you know, you know, where <laughs> there's a circumstance where that doesn't fit. But I, you're, you're saying, like, um, uh, generally speaking, like, you know, in a, in a marriage relationship, they're yeah. always going to be, they're always going to be valuable. 
Yeah. Yes. I'm just thinking of just some weird kind of like, you know, you married some guy who had a different identity and they just totally like, you know, yeah. sucked you into a completely false, uh, yeah. you know, but that's, yeah. that's, that's, well, sorry, that's, that's the way my mind works. I'm like trying to, <laughs> I know. So the funny part is I was, uh, when I finished reading a relationships, a mess worth making, I, I posted that I was done reading it on Goodreads and I saw some negative review and I went and read the negative review and the person talked about how they didn't talk about abusive relationships. Right. And I was like, man, what a bad review because that those kind of book reviews are never helpful. You should have written the book the way I wanted you to write the book. And you didn't talk about the things I wanted you to talk about. And it's like, you know, you can't talk about everything in a book. Correct. You know, and honestly, I'm glad this book's not longer than it is. It's like not even 200 pages, and it shouldn't be more than 200 pages because it needs to give you a couple principles that you can then take and learn. If it was much bigger, you'd be like, you'd be inundated with how do I, you know what I mean? Like almost too much information. Yeah. So simplify and learn based on the simplified principles, um, the nuance and the wisdom. But yeah, so we're not talking about abusive marriages. Correct. Yeah, we're not talking about abusive parents. Correct. However, it is interesting to note that the reason why those exist is because people are bent and sinful. Yep. Yep. And so that's the part too, right? You married a person. So one, know that person is made in God's image. Two, understand that human being is still sinful, even if saved by grace, right? They're not glorified. Right. They're sinful. Right. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's very important, by the way, because I think people yeah. have an expectation sometimes that we're a Christian couple, we're in a Christian marriage, therefore yes. we don't we don't make mistakes. Right. It's like there's such a wrong expectations, and we'll invite many many frustrations for for the <laughs> rest of your life. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think right. I mean, uh, Thomas and I were talking earlier today about about that same point, right? That you get upset with people in the church because they sin. And you're like, what? Well, but they should know better. Yeah, they should know better, but they're human beings. So they made a mistake. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yep. But what you're looking for is humility. Right. Yeah. That's the difference. I guess that's the, that's where, um, you know, uh, being in the church scenario and, a, and a, uh, if you're a believing couple, that's where change does happen and grace, right. you know, grace will help the, relationship flourish and right. repentance is there and um, growth is there. Now yeah. you wanted to, you know, we, before you did say, Hey, what do, what do we want to tell people who are thinking about marriage? Yeah. And maybe, maybe this is the place to insert it. What kind of people are you looking for to marry? Right. Yeah. Um, when you say what kind of people like you're saying, what are you looking for in a spouse? Yes. Gotcha. Um, yeah. If I asked you, Gino, what yeah. do Kyle and I are thinking about a second spouse. What should we be looking for? <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Wrong podcast. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, Oops. Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Wrong state. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, sorry, no, sorry, right sorry. State, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, if yeah, we go to Utah, a, Utah, maybe. Yeah, well, there's, yeah. Yeah, there's parts of Nevada probably as well. There probably are. Well, there, yeah. that, there was that famous show. Well, yep. I don't know if it yeah. is, but apparently they lived in Vegas. Yes. Yeah, yeah I think um, if you're looking for a spouse, you're looking, um, uh, you're looking for a spouse that... Uh, is going to be a companion with you and a companion shares life with you. And thus, you know, some of the biggest, uh, some of the biggest uh, things you need to have in common is, you know, 
is your values, right? And God should be at the very top, like how we think about God. And, and so, um, you know, this is assuming that you're a believer looking for, looking for a spouse. But yeah, I think, right, practically speaking, you're looking for someone that's, um, and this is where it's hard because, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. It's like, there is a challenge, right? You're, it's not like you're going to just walk up to a vending machine and you put in a dollar and out comes a perfectly packaged, like, candy bar, right. like, ready to consume. It's like everyone's in process, right? Right. But, um, you know, I think number one, right, you're looking for a person that's teachable, faithful. Yeah. I mean, every, the things that we say all the time, faithful, available, and teachable. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a person with character. Yeah. Um, they love their church. They love God. They love people. They're, they make themselves available. Who yeah. does that? Well, well, people who are humble. You know, yes. are they teachable? Yeah. Why? Because they're humble. They love yep. the Lord. Yep. There's something about them that they understand or yep. they understand God. Yeah. Are they willing to listen to others? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and can you see them even actually submitting to others? Right. Yeah. And I, I think that that's a big part, right? Like you always wonder like, um, I, I tell people, do you want somebody that loves Jesus Christ more than you? And you don't need to like drag through faithful, available, teachable. Mm-hmm. Because if you have to drag him to be fat, you're going to, then when you get married, marriage tends to make us lazier, not, yeah. not harder workers. That's true. Yeah. That's why people are like, fight for your date night, you know, which is actually not a bad principle to fight for. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Uh, I think there's right. Find some, find a fat person, somebody who's faithful to their responsibilities, super teachable, makes himself available. And you're going to, those principles carry on into marriage. They do, you know? And so you need your spot. You want a person that's willing to learn you and understands that even though I've learned you today, I may have to relearn you tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you know, that, that is willing to look at you and say, Hey, I'm, I invest in what any, anything that I say yes to, I invest in, Mm. you know? And so because they're a believer, you should see an investment in the church because that's the right. God calls us into community. Uh, Though, though my salvation is individual, it's individually also a part of a community. Right. And so if a person right is at church once every six weeks, when you get married, that's, you know, it's probably going to be once every 12 weeks at some point. Right. And that shows you where, where the Lord and his body is in the priority. And so, um, you know, you want somebody that's willing to listen to you. And, and even for like uh, women, you know, because a lot of people are like, but ultimately he's the leader and I got to listen and follow his lead. Listen, if, if he's not willing to listen to any of your spiritual insight or advice, run, run, run. That mm, guy is amen. dangerous. Yep. Um, or I, like he's not okay. You're just are you just saying hers spiritual insight or just like that's the nature of his or listen if he's right in his eyes always and, and nobody else can ever tell him he's wrong right run from that guy yeah, yeah or that yeah. girl absolutely yeah um, that person's not ready to be married and uh, shouldn't have a spouse yep yep um, and I know it's kind of harsh to say but honestly. Uh, so a lot of those people end up being highly manipulative and abusive. Those, mm. those are the marks of an abusive person. So um, look, look for, right, even because you'll hear this, like, while we're dating, well, you know, he's going to be the spiritual leader, so I let him make those decisions. No, like, 
if he's not willing to listen to your observations or, or hear your insights and to hear what the Lord, what you understand in the Lord, then he is not going to listen when you're married. And part of, so this is where we'll get into the roles a little bit. Part of being married to her is to realize she is your helpmate. She's not your helpmate to clean the floors, do the laundry, and make you food. She's there spiritually for you as well. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I'm thankful to my wife is, you know, she's like, well, I think you could approach that a little bit more gentle or a little kinder, or I don't think you fully understand what your kid is, what, what this kid is doing at this time, you know, and that, that's, that's her being a helpmate. Yeah. And so you need her, you, you want her to have the convictions to speak up and say, wait a minute, you know, and if he's the kind, if he or she's the kind of person that, that won't listen, no, 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 you know what? They're not ready. Yeah. Warning sign. Yes. That is a major warning. Yeah. If you're, if you're, um, so there, there, there's like, I guess that's a, that's a really good red flag, right? If they're, if they're not willing to listen to spiritual counsel from, from, especially if it's, I mean, they're not, if they're not listening to you now, yeah. Good luck. Like after you're married. Honestly. And even go to your elders. Hey, what's elders? What's your relationship with this person like? Mm. Um, and if the elders like, we don't really know this person, then you probably want to push pause and say, well, why not? Yep. Is it because the elders are so busy they haven't had time? Or is it because the person doesn't try to be involved? You, like, find out why. Right. And then maybe even get their perspective on, well, do you feel comfortable with this marriage? And if they're like, we don't know, then maybe then maybe slow down your, your courtship process. Right. Uh, if they're like, yeah, we think there's a great person and you should get married, then, hey, there you go. You got a green light from somebody that cares about you and cares about this other person. Right. Yep. And if your spouse is, if your spouse to be as even offended that you would go to the elders and talk to them, not the person for you. Red right. Flag. Big red flag. Yep. Yep. So, I mean, even in that, right? But sometimes people still marry people, even though the elders give the warning sign sign and you can't stop that. Yeah. So yep. yeah, and yeah. we're not going to, we're not going to make that decision for you either. Nope, nope. Yep. We're just saying, right. Hey, make this decision because these are, yep. th- th- this is what you're going to have to deal with. Yep. And you have to be willing to deal with it. Yep. yep. And I think that's why for me, it's always too, is the person you're marrying love the Lord more than you? Mm. Because if they love the Lord more than you, then he or she is going to do right the whole time. I mean, I mean, you know what I mean. In general, their their trajectory is going to do right. And I will say that it, it has to be more than lip service. Like you yes, have to so. see, you have to see the fruit of that love, and that fruit, the fruit of that love is, I mean, look how they treat the church. Yes, look yep. how they treat the bride of Christ. Do they love the bride of Christ? Yep. Do they love the word? Do they love, you know, people? Right. Do, yes. Yeah. Yep. How do they treat even non-believers? How do they treat yeah. their family? Like, yep. how do they how how do they handle tough situations, uh, circumstances, stress, how do they yeah. handle it? Like, those yeah. are important things because you want to go in like, you want to go in, you want to go in with uh, knowing like, okay, yeah. this is who I'm marrying. You know? yeah. So, and at this point, I think we would, we would insert our expectations. For me, I would probably say our, well, maybe our next chapter is the expectations talk. Right. Now, I, I don't know that we should talk about this in depth because we do have a full podcast on this. Mm-hmm. Um, other than to say that it might be good for you to tune into that podcast for more in depth. Yes. But maybe we can just say one or two things 
for somebody that hasn't maybe heard that podcast just to kind of let them in on the expectations conversation. Yeah. 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 I feel like this is the talk, by the way. Right, right. (laughs) All right, kids, we're going to have the talk. Right. Yes. Yeah. It's not about the birds and the bees. It's about your expectations. Yep. 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 And your expectations are? Well, like one of the ways we like to frame it is, you know, have higher expectations for yourself. Or I should say, uh, is that the way we say it normally? Yes. Um, Have higher expectations? uh, I felt like we said it differently. But yeah, the way I'm thinking about it right now is just like, you know, place the expectations for yourself. Uh, Make sure the expectations for yourself are higher. Yes. Are the higher expectations. And uh, you have less expectations of of, uh, the the person in the relationship, whether a marriage or, or any other relationship, really. And you will, you will, it, that will prove to be less frustrating. And it will also, uh, it will also put you in, in more of a servant mindset, which is re- really where you want to be. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that's good because, yeah, the problem is usually like I have some expectation for you and then you don't meet it. And then the, the million dollar question was, did you even know I had that expectation? Mm-hmm. And that's a major problem in marriages is that one spouse, well, I just expected that he would want to go to the third grade graduation. Mm. And it's like, well, in mom mind, that's a big deal. In dad mind, it's like third grade graduation. It's not a big deal. Right. You know, and it's actually okay that mom mind thinks it's great and dad mind doesn't. Like, that's the you beauty of You just offended of, like thousands of moms. I know that. Or, or like 10, I know that. But right. what, they, what they need <laughs> to hear is that it doesn't mean the dad doesn't love them. It right. just means it's the third grade graduation. Correct. Yes. And if you don't work, you don't eat. Yes. And if I'm going to miss work, it's probably going to be for, you know, if we're graduating every year, come on, guys. Dad is more proud when, uh, if, um, uh, you know, that, that, that child is, has character. Yes, and, agreed. And is wise and, you know. Yeah. Like, I don't care about their grade. Yeah. Like, it's, who cares? Anyway, but I get it. I, again, I'm not trying to downplay if you think it's a big deal. I'm just saying dad brain and mom brain are different on this. Yes. Yeah. And so it's celebratory for a mom brain. Yeah. And so if you throw, if you throw that, the same line of thought on dad brain, right. Then you're going to be disappointed when he's like, it's just a third grade graduation. Yeah. You know, and especially if he grew up in an environment where you don't celebrate every little achievement because you don't need to Mm -hmm. known to man, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, uh, there, there's this like, so in trouble. No, I, know, I'm dude, I know I'm, I'm going to be in big trouble, but listen, I'm going to stand by this. You don't need to celebrate everything. Okay. Like, cause what you just said, why don't we celebrate bigger things like helping our kids have character and integrity and teaching them Jesus Christ. Right. Yeah. Okay. So now what's interesting is I did come up with a list of 20 expectations of things that I can expect from other people. Okay. So this this is flipping the expectation talk that we've had on its head. Right. Because we are telling ourselves, lower your expectations for other people, raise your expectations for yourself. So the reality, though, is, is that I engage with people. I am not surprised when I find out that other people think about themselves first. Mm-hmm. Or number two, that other people make mistakes mm-hmm. or that they're not perfect or that they will do whatever they can to avoid their big fears, that they're not like me, that they're not thankful, right? Other people knee-jerk react. They jump to conclusions. They're weirder than me. Sometimes they're unforgiving. They will give excuses for not reconciling. 
they will justify their own actions. They will define things based on their own experience. But that's huge, right? Like, well, this, I can't tell you how many times, well, I, you know, like, well, I haven't ever done that. And it's like, oh, okay. Like, yeah, you know, none of my family got sick. Well, that's, that's great. But, you know, it doesn't, doesn't mean like that, you know, your, your way of growing up doesn't translate to everybody else. Um, that again, people define things based on experience. Uh, I can expect other people to think they do it the right way. Uh, I can expect other people not always to be open to correction, to be defensive for their actions, uh, to change or to be wishy-washy in their priorities and convictions, uh, to complain about the wrongs and not encourage others and to take themselves too seriously. That Mm. was kind of our list of 20 things I can't expect from other people. Yep. And I think that's interesting, right? Because if you have this kind of understanding of how people are, then you're not shocked by what they do. Right. And so rather than being offended by what they do, you just remember these are people made in the image of God who are broken and bent by sin, and therefore that is going to come out sometimes. Yep. Yep. Okay. So with that in mind, right, I can't, what should I expect for myself? And maybe that takes us into the next chapter. Relationships are expensive. Relationships (laughs) relationships <laughs> yeah and what i mean by that is like that they're they're you know it's not that relationships are transactional but that um you know they're think of right think of um le, you know the ledgers that are there we, we often like we often like put you know red in people's ledger yes and um what what expensive does or what when you think when you're thinking of when i say expensive i'm really saying like you know, it takes a lot of grace to to oil the, the the, what's the phrase I'm looking for? Or just yeah, it takes a lot of grace for relationships to, uh, to really work well. And so that's what I mean by it's expensive. Like grace, it's something in my mind just clicked recently where, um, where like finances, like, you know, even how we value how we value finances and spending and what we spend on in in our marriage is like, oh man, it's so expensive. And like we just wasted a lot of money. And like, wait a minute, maybe it's maybe I should stop thinking about waste. Yes. Maybe I should start thinking a bit as think of it thinking of it as it's expensive, but it's fine. It's yes. it's a co- it's the cost of doing business. It's the cost of it's the cost of you know. And 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 though you know we might have made a mistake with that purchase, like it's gonna be okay. Yes. There's grace for that. Yes. Yeah. And yep. we move on. Yes. And we learn from it. Yeah. 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 I mean, your finances are often a reflection of your heart. And so your heart makes mistakes, right. which means you transactionally make that. Yeah. I think in, in Lane and Tripp's thing, they kind of have a good, like, you know, lens on relationships, which maybe would help with the expectations a little bit. One, to understand you were made for relationships. Right. And so now that doesn't mean everybody's made for marriage, but when you get married, you need to realize that God did know what he was doing, putting you guys together. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm not accounting. I'm not necessarily accounting for abuse. Second, uh, you need to realize that relationships are difficult. Yes, for and, sure. And I think that's the thing. Like, if you go into your marriage thinking, oh, he, this problem, he will change. No, like, he may not change. You have to be ready for him to actually to get worse. And you got to realize you're going to have difficult phases in life, mm. you know? And there are going to be times where you're not going to like your spouse. And you have to say, Lord, because I love you, I like my spouse today. Right. Yep. Um, each, 
you know, that they bring this up. Each of us is tempted to make the relationship the end rather than the means. Oh, that's good, actually. And that is good, right? Very the good. The means of our relationship is for us to glorify God better together. Yes. Um, whether I eat and drink, I do all things to glory God. This relationship is meant to highlight and magnify Christ's love for the church. Yes. My wife is not the end purpose. Yeah. Yep. There are no secrets that guarantee a problem-free relationship. And I think that's a big one, too. Like, guess what? Your marriage is going to have problems. Mm. And I think let's, let's take that for even in your kids. Your kids are going to have problems. Yep. You know, and by the way, there's no rules to follow that make your kids perfect. If Ooh. there were, evangelism would be simple. Right. Uh, but, you know, well, they, I mean, you hear all the time. Kid grows up in the church, abandons the faith. Goes and lives, you know, the prodigal son life and never returns, never prodigals. Right. You know, just is gone. Well, it wasn't your parenting. It, you know, again, you, you have godly people whose kids abandon the faith. And, mm. you know, you can't, you can't guarantee the results. I wish you could. Mm-hmm. Um, at some point, you'll wonder whether or not your marriage is worth it or your kids are worth it. And I think that's, that's actually true. Um, but these relationships are helpful for redemptive purposes. Uh, the fact that our relationships work as well as they do is a sign of grace. And I think that's a good point too. That right, see, that's why you're looking for worshipers because you're looking for people that are willing to be committed. And the way to do that is to do is just to be the kind of person that your spouse should be in that situation. That is committed. Mm-hmm. You be committed, and you know I, I think this. Um, kind of introduces me to at least what I would have for my next chapter. <laughs> uh, and I think I would have a chapter on uh, marriage, uh, loving your family with humility, um, mm. serving, uh, being generously gracious, yeah, and loving your family. Mm-hmm. So, right, like if if you're more focused on being humble in your marriage you're probably going to have a better marriage than you're probably going to have the kind of marriage that you enjoy being in, to be honest with you. Amen. Yeah. Yep. And I think that's the same for all three of these humility, grace, and love. Mm -hmm. If, if those are a huge part of the way you do marriage, you are probably going to enjoy your marriage more. Absolutely. Yeah. Because if you're going to lead, if you're going to lead in any way, lead in those areas. Right. And this is the thing too, right? Where even a wife can excel in these, mm-hmm. you know, maybe, maybe a fourth one I would give is give honor. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, that, Peter. Yeah. yes. Uh, and, and Romans 12, right. Yep. Where outdo one another giving oh, honor. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and I think that's like, so these, these four points, they all kind of go together in my head, but yet they're all distinct. And so if you're, if you're focused on, Hey, I'm going to be humble in my marriage and humility is the understanding of, pointing my spouse, serving my spouse in such a way to where it's beneficial for my spouse and Jesus. Mm. Like it brings the Lord honor and it's beneficial for my spouse in in relationship to the Lord. Then that humility is going to, is going to be a dying to self for the betterment of your spouse. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's actually going to, that's going to encourage you to probably say no in times you should say no it's probably going to shape the, your schedule, uh, 
you know, these are the things in marriages, right, that get difficult is the kids come and the schedule potentially goes nuts. Right. Because you say yes to every opportunity your kids can possibly have. But you didn't ask your spouse if your spouse was on board with that. Yep. Big problem. And it's not your spouse's fault, by the way, at that point. It's your fault. Um, You made... You committed your kids without communicating. That's that's actually on you, not your spouse. Mm-hmm. And when your spouse is kind of upset with you or a little bitter about it, again, that's a wrong response from a spouse. However, I also get it. Like, you shouldn't have done it. Yep. And so you probably need to go to your spouse and ask forgiveness and even be willing to pull the kids out of those things. And if that means you got to say, hey, you know what? I shouldn't have said yes. Unfortunately, I have to bring my kids out of this. You're going to make people mad, but that's what happens sometimes when you make unwise decisions. And so, right. Cause you're seeking to be humble at the same time, which means you have to ask that question. Like, does this serve my family? Does this serve my spouse? Does this serve my kids? Does it serve them Christ? And, and I'm not trying to box us in between like where you pick entertainment or Christ. That's mm-hmm. not the kind of decision-making we're talking about here. Right. But, but just in general, like, you know, the servant minded person isn't detracted by the bad day your spouse is having. Yeah. In fact, it seeks to maybe come alongside them. Yep. Um, The servant-minded spouse isn't upset when the other spouse makes a mistake Mm -hmm. because the humble man says, wow, you made a mistake. Okay, Mm -hmm. welcome to the club. How can I help you? Yes. You know, and so, right, the, the beauty of like, or, you know, even sometimes big mistakes. You know what? You made a mistake. It's okay. We'll move on. Yeah. We'll grow. You know, we'll grow through this. The humble person is 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 also trying to protect the spouse through his or her bad decisions. Mm. You know, sometimes sometimes in a marriage, one of you makes a bad decision, and the if if you're both humble, then you'll admit your mistake, but your spouse will also try to help you save face through that mistake in such a way to where Christ is exalted and you learn and grow through it, Hmm. you know, and think about that even with your kids, right? Like my kids, I actually don't get upset with my kids when they make mistakes. Uh, I encourage my kids to be teachable and remind them you're going to make mistakes. Hmm. It's okay. Absolutely. Yep. I think that the mindset is like, you know, in, in knowing that you're, you're walking with another human being, um, and realizing that God is sovereign, and obviously this is again, I, I, I hate having to say this, but discounting abusive relationships, right? Like you realize, or like I think it's fair to say, it's hard to say this, but we should say this. I think, like we should embrace the frustration that right. we have with with our uh, spouse or in any other relationship, or especially specifically our spouse, because, right? Let's be honest, like that's who we're dealing with every day. Embrace the frustration because guess what? God actually has, like your spouse is actually what God has for you to mold you. Yes. Um, and and want you to learn something. It's And it's definitely, it, it definitely wants you to learn humility. Yes. Um, and how to serve and how to navigate through uh, frustrating times in life. Yeah. Um, so like, hey, like when you're frustrated, like just stop and say, all right, what am I? What do I need to learn here? Because obviously, uh, my wife is number one. My wife is a treasure; she's valuable, and um, 
am I am I placing higher expectations on her and lower ex- expectations for myself? Like things that we've been talking about already. And I think, right? It's like you're ready for you're ready for serving the relationship and you know propping it up so, to the glory of God, like and just being able to be Christ the Christ-like leader in what gentleness looks like, patience and uh, humility in that relationship, and yes. that, that's for both spouses. No, I think you you're 100 percent right. Yeah. Um, he he brought up that the temptation there in that scenario is to to find the easy road out Yes, in this book and that, that all of us want the easy road, mm-hmm. um, but that there's actually growth through conflict. Yes. And because when you both strive together and your humility is willing to say, Hey, you know what? This is what my sin brought to the table. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I actually think right. Even before you get married, if somebody can't ever confess that they're wrong, that's not a good thing. Right, and you can you can hear that with well, nobody understands me. You hear somebody saying to you like, anytime somebody tells me, "Oh, you misunderstand me," I may, but when I've heard that a hundred times, mm-hmm. and I've heard that person tell other people a hundred times, uh, and then I hear somebody saying, "Well, yeah, nobody like he's just really misunderstood." No, he's not. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a problem, and he can't confess his sin, and mm-hmm. it's a big problem, mm-hmm. and um, he's not humble, mm-hmm. and in his world. Um, he's perfect, and so the fact that people don't get him, he's mi- he's misunderstood, right? And it's really a deflection away from his own errors onto somebody else, right? Right. So it is possible that your spouse doesn't communicate the way they feel or think well, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, mm-hmm. um, their actions do speak. And so anyway, yeah, that conflict is helpful um, yeah. because you learn about your spouse through that, yeah. And both of you are willing to confess your sin, and you're both willing to say, hey, these are things I need to consider when I'm doing this. Right. I need to consider, you know, uh, like the schedule's always a big deal for Kyle and I. I need to consider her when, before I run out and make plans. Right. You know, I mean, me, I'll say yes to any, like, you know, th- this is like the unknown. Well, I think it's probably the well-known that if you call me and say, want to go hang out, like, I'm probably saying yes. Hmm. And not like it now. Throwing it's like, a monkey wrench in the, yeah, in the yeah. family schedule. Well, or yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, well, been there, yeah. done that. I know. Story of our lives. Yep. Well, humility is big though, because even with with your kids, right? Like, again, I think in parenting, we're always looking for these rules to implement. But but no matter what the rules are, parents learn to serve your kids Christ and lead in such a way that points them to Christ. Mm-hmm. And so even when your kids disobey and they're in trouble, the humble person says to them, listen, of course you made this mistake because you're sinful. Mm-hmm. However, your sin still defies God and is evidence that you need salvation. That's really good, actually. Right? Yeah. I, that's, I mean, like, uh, how you said that there is actually very helpful uh, because I think people struggle with how to deal with the sin of their children and and bring the gospel, like present the gospel or at least aspects of the gospel in a way that will help them understand their position before God. Yes. Like you, you, you realize like your anger is unacceptable, right? Yes. Before God, God is, and God is loving and gracious and he made you in his image and, and you, you need forgiveness and yes. you need salvation. I yeah. like that. It's really And good. you're mad at your brother or sister mm-hmm. and God made your brother or sister. Yeah. 
Yeah. And you're not here to have them serve you. You're actually here to serve them. Absolutely. And then I always love it because inevitably at some point they will, well, when do they serve me? Well, that's not the question you get to ask them. Yep. You know, that's, that's a question between God and them. And as your parent, uh, I'll deal with that. <laughs> uh, I can hear the voice of one of my kids already saying, saying exactly that. Right? Me? What about me? Well, he should serve me. And, yeah. you know, I think humility in a relationship goes, goes pretty far, right? Because uh, especially if you have two humble people who are willing to confess what they do wrong to one another, are willing to learn how to consider each other, or learn how to, are, are willing to talk to those things, then, and they're humble enough to say what does scripture say? Mm-hmm. They're going to come to the right answers. Um, and they'll be, they'll be humble enough to realize that they, they may have to shift in the future. Mm-hmm. You know, because as priorities and stages of life change, it's okay. Like you can't, I can't serve Isaac the way I did when he was seven years old. Like yeah. he's a teenager now. And the way I engage him as a teenager is vastly different than the way I engage Gabe. There's still a sense in which is like, Gabe, go take out the trash. Why? I don't have to tell you why. Your dad said, go take out the trash. Go take out the trash. Mm-hmm. You know, Isaac's like, well, I don't understand why. And it's like, well, yeah, you're a teenager. So I'm a little more, you know, his ability to rationalize now to where like, you know, in what, you know, like you ask him questions like, should it only be your mom and I that do these things? Right. You live in the house. You dirty the house too. What role should you have in this? Mm. And he'll go, okay, that's a good point. And then he'll go do it. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. So you know what I mean? Like you're yeah. humbly trying to serve them. Yes. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. You're, you're, he's at, he's at the point where you're, you know, you're helping him. You're training his mind in a specific way. Yes. And he could, he can take that kind of information and process it. Yes. Whereas someone younger, will have a harder time. Yes. And he just needs to, he just needs to learn, you know, obey quickly and obey right, you know, yeah. obey right now. Yeah. And that's the lesson for them at that time. That's what they need. Right. Actually. But yeah. I also think in humility, right? Because with humility is teachability. And this is, I think a very important factor in your home. And that is the humble man is learning everybody in the house. Yeah. And right. There's a dead. That's why some parents struggle is because they take the rule and they apply it to all of their kids not realizing that kid two and kid three are different than kid one. And though the principle of you need to listen to your parents still applies, how that flushes out may be a little different between the kids, Mm. you know, and every human being, this is where we all kind of acknowledge every human being is different. Not every human being is struggling with the same sin, right? Not every single male out there is struggling with pornography. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like some of them are struggling with other things. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't want to look at my kids and say one size fits all. This is the way we parent all of our kids. Like there, there is a sense in which the humble person in the house, you're always right. You're humble enough to say, I need to keep learning my spouse. So in your humility and learning, the people learn their strengths and their weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Um, learn how they think like one of my kids is the police officer kid <laughs> and the other one of my kids is the troll and the other one, you know, just kind of wants peace a little bit. Like it's funny, right? They're all, but they're all different. Yep. And you know, you have to learn that if you're going to serve them adequately, yeah. you know, like uh, no, no waiter 
ever has come up to me and said, hey, this served the other table, here's your meal. Like, there's still a sense in which they have to learn what I want. Yes. Yeah. You know, yeah. so, yeah. Awesome. Uh, and I think what couples with that is then um, loving your spouse and loving your kids in such a way, right, that serves them, that helps them. And I think that love is that second part, right, that you you give to people in such a way to where you believe the best about them, you're kind to them, you're patient with them, you're gentle, you know, uh, and yet you love by the truth. And so love is an action. Yeah. And right. I think in, in kind of our marriage book, like I would talk about that because you, you do not fall out of love with your spouse. Right. You have to choose every day to love your kids and to love your spouse. Hmm. That's really good. I actually, I learned this from you, Uh, you know, oftentimes, and this is where we turn the model uh, on its head uh, with specifically roles, right? Oftentimes when we think roles, the first thing we think is, okay, I need to lead them. Right. But what I learned from you is, you know, we should put learning and loving first. Uh, And I think that makes sense because when you're learning somebody and you're loving somebody, you're actually showing them uh, you're actually show, you're actually you're actually walking in a way that they can emulate. Yes, and so right, it's it's almost like Jesus's model, right? Like he yes. he didn't lord it over anybody, right? He actually said, no, "This is what it looks like, right? This is this is who the Father is, right? This these are our priorities. Uh, follow me, be yes. my disciples." Yes, you know, um, but but he didn't drag anybody either. They all went voluntarily, right? Which is which is amazing because like we want to drag people right. our, our our direction right and Christ doesn't do that so it, it is fascinating um, that if you're learning somebody you're learning your spouse you're loving them biblically um, then really what you're doing at that point is leading them yes absolutely mm. yeah because you're yes I like the way you said that uh, I think you're better to lead your lead and love your family with influence than you are by forcing. Yes. Yep. Yep. You could, you could, you could definitely force people to do things, but that's short term and you're not going to see, uh, you're going to see the disciples you make will be abusive kind of disciples. Yeah. Cause you're authoritarian ultimately. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Authoritarian is what Jesus speaks out against, against in Matthew 20. You know how the Gentiles lorded over you. Um, but, but ultimately, right. If you love your family, uh, right there is this, okay, I intentionally am going to wake up every day um, and I'm going to believe the best about you. And honestly, that goes really far. Like, believe your spouse is not trying to sabotage you when mm-hmm. they made a mistake. Yep. You know, and you know what? Sometimes your spouse does make a decision and didn't think about you. It's mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. We, we all make that mistake. Yep. Yep. I mean, we, you know what I mean? It's not, a, nobody's doing that intentional. We're doing it unintentionally. So, um, yeah, you've got to, got to love, I think be generous in grace. Uh, I don't, I don't know where we're at on the time on this podcast, but we might be getting close to time. Yeah. Yeah. This is what happens when we don't have an outline. (laughs) Right, right, right. But, but I think it's right. Kind of that important reality that, that, right. And I think, I think we've really kind of talked about this, but just to drive the point, like be generously gracious towards your spouse. Amen. You know? 
yes, they're going to make mistakes. Yes, they're going to have hard days. Yes, you know, things are going to be difficult. Yes, they're going to screw up their priorities from time to time. Yes, they're going to make financial mistakes. Like, remember how gracious God is to you and show the same grace to them. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, assume that you 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 take part in all that too because yes. it's your leadership. That's yeah. what, I think that's where it's like that's where that's where you do apply leadership like, right? When there's mistakes in the home, take yep. take ownership because that's your crew. Yes. And you have to figure out okay, how did I how did I um uh um you know, how did I take part in this 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 right. you know, how did we go wayward out? What was my contribution to this? Right. Uh, cuz you did contribute somehow, you just you probably just don't know how. Right. And you're being you're being gracious too is that realization that your spouse is maybe still hasn't learned some things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the reality is you haven't learned some things either. Yeah. And yeah. so your spouse needs to write as being gracious to you as you learn, mm. you be gracious as they learn. Trust, trust God, trust the process. The I Holy like spirit is amazing at mm. getting you sanctified. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. All right. Well, good. Yeah. So those are the things I would, I think need to be in a marriage book. <laughs> not, not that again, not to discount the roles, yeah. but remember you married a, a valuable person who is still sinful, redeemed by Jesus Christ. You need the church family. Uh, the more engaged you are to a church family, the better your marriage probably will be. Uh, lower your expectations for, for your spouse, raise them for yourself. Be humble, be gracious, be loving, and, and honor your spouse. Mm. Honor Amen. them. Amen. Yep. All right. Amen. Well, there may be more, but that's, yep. that's probably it for now. Book is not done. The book is not done. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, as Brad said, I don't think I want to write a book. I don't want to be held. No, this is a, um, a pod book. Yeah, it's a pod book. Yeah. It's a pod book. So there may be more to this pod book later. Yeah. All right. Exactly. Well, hopefully that served you. So if you have cries of outrage or shock, uh, Ramil made us talk about it, and so you can take them up. <laughs> if you need them. any clarification, don't assume you know what we're saying or assume we're saying something that we're not. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, if it, uh, Ramil would be the one to ask for clarification. Definitely ask for, yeah, yeah. Ask, ask Ramil. Yep, He'll explain yep. it. Yes, yes. <laughs> or correct us. Yes. Yep. All right. All right. We'll love you guys. Amen. Amen.